Welcome to After Dark with Rob and Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or as always, head on over to AmericaOutloud.com where you can click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. While you're there, please check out the articles and podcasts and share those on social media. A lot to talk about this week. We've got on guest Heather Robinson is going to be joining us once again. Uh, we always appreciate her taking time out of her busy schedule to join us. And she's got another article she's going to be speaking with us about. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about some of the most recent news that's been going on in America, including this marathon Senate session where they passed this inflation bill in the Inflation Reduction Act, they are now calling it. It was previously the Build Back Better plan that uh, Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin would not go along with. But as we heard last week, Joe Manchin all of a sudden was on board, which has been interesting to see how this would go down. It went along party lines, 51 um, Democrats to 50 Republicans. So it was right down party lines who voted for this in this marathon Senate session. What's interesting to me is we've seen people like Bernie Sanders get up during this um, session and talk about how bad this bill was. He even called it a slap in the face to climate activists and how it's not doing nearly enough. But then he said he still was going to vote for the bill, which was uh, not the greatest sell job is to talk about how bad it was and then say that you're still going to vote for it. But that's what Bernie Sanders did. Rob, what are your thoughts on what we've been seeing with the Inflation Reduction Act and how the Democrats are trying to spin this as it's going to be a positive for the American people? Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. I want to thank our guest, Heather, who's on with us, who's going to be talking about her new article in the third half of the show. <clears throat> but to your point, Inflation Reduction Act. Now, I'm a bit mystified by the title because we were told that we weren't, there was no inflation. Then we were told that if there was inflation, it was transitory. So how do we get to no inflation, transitory inflation, which makes no sense, that term is not in any business manuals, to Inflation Reduction Act? And they're saying that it's supposed to reduce inflation that we were told by Janet Yellen and a lot of people on the Democrat side, and of course, the media, that there was no inflation. How did we get here so fast? And why isn't anyone on the left or in the media, left or right, questioning why this bill is entitled Inflation Reduction Act when the American people were told that there was no inflation? And if it was, it was transitory. Jerome Powell said, don't say transitory, it's inflation. How did we get here? Why don't we have an inquisitive media to ask the question on both sides? They're lying to the American people. And the American people are fed up. What are Republicans doing? Okay, they didn't vote for it, but are they out there explaining what this garbage bill is? They should start off by saying, first of all, folks, American people, we were told there was no inflation, and now they want to pass the Inflation Reduction Act. And then you have the media saying, oh, wow, Joe Biden's had the first 10 days of his presidency, the best 10 days. No, he's a failure. He killed some guy in Afghanistan whom he should have killed a long time ago especially after Joe Biden was in Afghanistan almost a year ago. 
And what did he do? He allowed 13 soldiers to be killed and he left Americans behind. People were falling off the airplanes trying to get out of there. And then you want to tell me, oh, this is the best 10 days he's ever had in his presidency when the man caught COVID not once, but twice back to back after being vaccinated twice and boosted four times? A man who went to Saudi Arabia begging for oil? A man who's afraid of China because he knows that his son is wrapped up with them? And that could be literally, you know, when you think about it, when you look at the laptop from hell. But I digress. What are they talking about? Inflation Reduction Act. As Andrew said, 51 to 50 was the vote. Well, of course, Kamala Harris flies in and she passed a tie-breaking vote. What is this bill going to do for us? Well, it's supposed to reduce drugs. Really? How many times are we going to reduce drugs? Oh, and it's supposed to do something with the climate. Really? Well, AOC said we were going to all be gone. First, we got to make certain that John Kerry is not flying his private jet. Al Gore isn't flying his private jet. And all the other elitist, bougie Democrats aren't flying their private jets, including Oprah Winfrey. Tyler Perry and Barack Obama. They might not have one, but I'm sure they're borrowing someone's private jet to get around. But yet, Inflation Reduction Act, it's going to help the economy. It's going to make everything green. We don't have enough post for green cars, for electric cars. How much do they cost? Oh, we're going to give you $4,000 if you buy one. Well, how can you get $50,000 to buy it or $60,000 to buy it when your, your, your salary is down? How can you? Oh, well, look at the job numbers. They're the same jobs that they had when we went into close down. There are no new jobs. But no one is explaining this. The media is taking pride in saying, oh, look at what Joe did. And notice I said on both the left and the right save us after Dr. Robin Andrew, who's speaking truth to power. Heather, how are you tonight? Another fellow journalist who speaks truth to power. How are you, Heather? Thanks, Rob. I'm doing great. Hey, Andrew. So, Heather, uh, what are your thoughts on this Inflation Reduction Act? Well, you know, I think we definitely have a lot of inflation, and um, I, I think that that's pretty plain to see. I mean, the idea of denying it is absurd. Um, and I, I'll tell you what, I mean, I maybe will defer mostly to you guys on the economic side. I generally, I, I, I support and, and think that cinema and mansion have a lot of backbone. They're among the few true moderates in the country. And these days, I think it takes a lot of, a lot of extreme guts to be a moderate. Let's put it that way. So, you know, I hope they continue to hold the line and to, you know, to, be voices of reason in this ridiculously polarized time. Definitely a polarized time, but I don't give Manchin or Cinema any credit whatsoever. And I'm surprised that Republicans are saying, oh my God, they're turncoat. Look in the mirror, they're Democrats. What do you expect? No, yes, Cinema came in and said, well, you know, I want this added, I want this taken out, I want this, but it wasn't enough to save the American people. If you're middle class, if you're lower class, be ready for a big tax bill. And the thing that I keep looking at is that they double the size of the IRS. Why? Why not double the size of the military? Why not try to get more people in the military? Well, they're not going to do it because no one wants to join the military because the military is too woke. We have a threat with China. 
Joe Biden is in the basement, afraid. Well, Nancy Pelosi, she can do whatever she wants. She's a grown woman. She's a member of the House. Yeah, she's also third in line to the presidency, you dimwit. But no one knows about that. No one, no one wants to connect the dots. No one in the media is connecting the dots. So we have to connect the dots for them. Because they will just sit there and say, oh, wow, this is great. Oh, isn't this grand? We were able to pass a bill. Oh, look at Joe. Joe comes out with his shades on and he's smiling and he's going to sign it. I think he's looking to sign it either later this month. And he thinks that he's just, he's, he's on fire now because he signed this. And as I said before, the only thing this does is just to energize their base. It makes their base think that, oh, hey, we can, we can take on this. During the general, we're going to knock the Republicans out. And Republicans are doing what they always do, sit back and look and say, well, you know, cinema and mansion, well, you know, they just double-crossed us. And that was the only thing you were waiting for? That was your ace in the hole? Are you serious? If Manchin didn't flip over and become a Republican, why do you think he was going to go along with you? Wise up. Do not underestimate the Republicans' ability to lose this election come November. Do not underestimate it. Mm. Because I'm telling you, the media, they're in cahoots. And who, whoever controls the media, you control everything. Everything. I find it. Now, again, because I want to make sure that everyone understands this. The media is, is not supposed to be biased. They're just supposed to report the truth and be accurate. I'm not looking for Fox News to be biased. But I am looking for them to ask the question. I'm asking the question. Why can't they ask? Why can't they say, you said there was no inflation. How did we get here to this Inflation Reduction Act? That's all I want to know. Jean-Pierre Karine, just ask her. She's not going to know the answer because the answer isn't in her notebook. And if you take the notebook away from her, she's completely lost. John Kirby will have to come out eventually. As a matter of fact, have you seen him coming out? He's been giving all the press conferences on China and Nancy Pelosi. Now, that's something that she's supposed to be doing, but she's not doing it because she can't do it. She can't handle it. The only reason why she's there is just as a token so that they can say, we have a lesbian here, hooray, and she's black. She's the first. And she's also one of the first to be incompetent and a complete abject failure. And we have to call these things out because if we don't, no one else will. They'll just sit idly by and say, oh, wow, look at what we did. I mean, Andrew, were you surprised that Joe and Kristen Cinema? decided to just to go along with the with with their party and do what they would normally do did that surprise you i don't know if i was surprised i was certainly disappointed um i was very happy with them last year when they decided not to go along with the uh, build back better plan but to hear that they reinstituted these talks right in the middle of this recession that we're in this record inflation um it's disappointing that's for sure very disappointing. And like I said, they only do what comes naturally. I wouldn't expect anything else of them. I wouldn't expect them to go on and sign over and say, oh, we're going to agree with the Republicans. Now, remember Jeff Gandhi? I think that's the guy's name in, in Jersey, 
who switched parties. He was fed up with the Democrats. That's when you're fed up. When you're fed up and you're like, no, I didn't leave the party. The party left me. The party has long since left Joe Manchin. But he's tagging along, saying, please see me, please, please. I'm right here. Give me another chance. After he was derided, after he was ridiculed, after he was attacked, after he was called everything in the book, besides being a Democrat by AOC plus three, they called him everything. You would have thought he would have left the party. But no, if he didn't leave then after they denounced him and said that he's not a, he's not a Democrat, I mean, they came out hard on him, Heather. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you have stayed in the party had that happened to you? Well, I think he has an important, valuable role, Rob and Andrew. I mean, my sense is that he's kind of like a human swing state. But I mean, <laughs> human swing state. Those are the. That's people. an underestimate, understatement. But they decide, you know, elections, they decide the future in many ways. It's a very powerful position. So I think that he, I mean, I'm not necessarily agreeing with what he did in this case, but I think that he has a very important role, very important in cinema as well. I I think they should stick to their, you know, retain their independence because not only is independence valuable in and of itself, but you know, it's, it's a very powerful position. You know what I mean? It's like the way our, you know, I almost said our state, I happen to be in PA now. I'm also a New Yorker, but um, you know, it's, it's the, you know, way that Pennsylvania and Florida and states like that have, you know, your, your vote counts more in a way because it, it, you know, as they go, so goes the country. So I guess that's just a general observation that, you know, anybody who's got that swing vote, you know, I think, oh, of course, I think they should be judicious and, and careful with it. But I definitely think that they're in they're in a, a, the power seat, you know, and, um, you know, at least I'm glad there are a few people, I mean, uh, you know, who have some um, some autonomy and some independence and who, you know, who sometimes can rein in the extreme left of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, this vote costs Kirsten Sinema her Senate seat in Arizona, because I think a lot of people did give her credit for holding out last year. I think a lot of Republicans were even uh, sympathetic to her and maybe would have voted for her. But I think um, all the uh, goodwill that she gained through that, she just lost this week by voting for this bill. So I hope if anything good comes out of it, it could be the vote that leads to uh, the Republicans taking back the Senate. Now, is she up for election this cycle? She's not for, up for election, is she? I will have to check. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't think she is, but that being said, she could have. I mean, she was wielding so much power, as you were saying, Heather, both she and Joe Manchin. And when they had put this bill, a bill up before the Build Back Better, which was, Build Back what? You mean, you, you, right, Build Back Better because you tore down what Trump had built. But when he was like the lone holdout, both Manchin and then Cinema, I mean, the amount of power that they were controlling. Now, needless to say, the liberal media didn't like it. And they disclosed their whereabouts. They told everyone where they were. They were harassed. Do you guys remember? They were harassed. Mm-hmm. People were going into the bathroom following her. And the Democrats said absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. 
Christopher Ray did absolutely nothing but look at it and turn the other way, which is what he's doing now. When he's going after American citizens, going after parents. I mean, I get passionate when I talk about this. This man is a threat to our democracy. He is a threat to our government. He needs to be removed. Thank you, Chris Christie, for recommending him to serve in that position. He needs to be removed. And we're going to talk about him during our next segment. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, well said. And Kirsten Cinema is in office until 2025, so she's oh, going to be st- sticking around for a while. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel. We're available Monday through Friday at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew and guest Heather Robinson. It's summertime. Ready for your vacation to the beach, the lake, or the mountains? But what about your accommodations? Ever wonder what germs were left behind by the previous guests? Kathy G. from Tulsa says the Genesis Fogger gives her peace of mind and confidence when traveling. With Genesis, she knows that the air and surfaces in her vacation rental are free of bacteria and viruses left behind by the previous occupants. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code out loud. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the CofixRx banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. So when we went to break, I was getting ready to introduce another topic. Christopher Ray, who is the director of the FBI. Christopher Ray was recommended to that position by new, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. And everyone thought, wow, this is good. And we thought Christopher Ray to be a, a solid citizen, a per, an accomplished man, I think he's 55, and that he would do the department well. Christopher Ray has done everything but that. He has damaged the image of the FBI. Not that James Comey hadn't done it. Not that Peter Strzok hadn't done it. Not that Andy McCabe hadn't already done it. But Christopher Ray came in and just continued to sully the department. He comes out like this like real like stern person who's going to just give it to you. And he gives you absolutely nothing. A person in that position who would rather attack American citizens because they object to the garbage that's being taught in schools. And I hear so many people, and some on the left, on the right, oh, well, maybe we should take a look at CRT. No, the hell you should not. CRT is an indoctrination. Okay? It's more than just white people are bad. When you really look at it, you will see that it's teaching you also about gender. 
you don't have to be a male, you don't have to be a female. And that's the source of the problems here in America. These people are so clever because what they wanna to try to do is say, the reason why the world has all these problems is because of the toxic man, the toxic white man and his image as to how things are supposed to be. By God, what other blueprint did you have? Some tribalism that would cut your head off if you did wrong? Is that what you wanted? Folks, you have, I'm serious. When these people come to you, talk to you about this crazy, wacky stuff, look at it. Do not doubt me on this. It's more than just history with white people taking over the slaves and having slaves. And I explained this in one of our shows. I explained it clearly. I will explain it again. When you think about slavery, folks, think about it. You had people going to Africa and they were taking black people and bringing them to America. Do you think that they were just going there, just kidnapping people? No, they were getting them from, from other tribes that had conquered a tribe. And then that tribe said, hey, you can have them if you give me this. That's what happened. Look at your history. That's the history they don't want to tell you. And of course, Christopher Ray's not gonna tell you because he has a vested interest in keeping the two groups, blacks and whites, at each other's heads, at, at odds with each other, fighting each other. And then Christopher Ray was called before the Senate last week. And we spoke about this last night. And they were asking him a number of questions. And I found it interesting, interesting that he could not answer anything related to Hunter Biden's laptop. Whenever that came up, he was, well, I can't, I, I, I can't talk about an ongoing investigation. But the moment they talked about Jan 6, he was like a singing canary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were bad people. Oh, yeah. And this white supremacy. Oh, yeah. And we found this. Oh, yeah. And we found that. This is the same Christopher Ray, whose FBI agents set up three men in Michigan to say that they were trying to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Those three men, thankfully, were acquitted because the government had a loose case. What they found out is that those three agents were coercing them. They were behind a lot of this. And you know what else? The person who was overseeing the kidnap, the so-called kidnapping in Michigan, they moved him from there to be over Jan 6. So do you think we're going to have something fair coming out of that? Absolutely not. Because he's probably planting seeds there now. Why is it that they haven't gone in and interviewed the guy who's over Black Lives Matter. There was another white man. I, I'll have his name for you in a little bit. They haven't talked to him. He was the one who was instigating, saying, go to the Capitol, go to the Capitol. Why haven't they bothered to interview him? Why haven't they found out who tried to blow up or, or to put a bomb by the Democrats off headquarters as well as Republicans? And, and guess who found out about it? someone in Kamala Harris's camp. Why don't we know more about that? Now, if you were to ask about that, Christopher Ray, oh, that's an ongoing investigation. But if you were to ask him, do you think Donald Trump, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. What is going on? And I said this before, I can only hope that within the ranks of the FBI, there was someone who's looking at all of this 
And then they will eventually come out and say, wait, we've got to charge Christopher Ray. We've got to charge Merrick Garland because they have all been compromised. They have been using their office for political gain. They have been using their office to go after, as a counterintelligence, to go after American citizens. Now, see, that would only play out in the movies. We need for that to happen now. What do you say, Heather and Andrew? You want to go first, Andrew? Sure. Uh, I'd say you're absolutely right, Rob. This Biden's administration, Christopher Ray, even before Biden got in, we had a huge problem with the FBI. James Comey uh, was corrupt, as a lot of people see it. And uh, the way I see it, he certainly was. And then you've got Christopher Ray who's just been an absolute disaster. They're not enforcing the law. You look at what's going on in a lot of these Democrat-ran cities, and these criminals are literally shooting people and getting out of jail the very next day. And we have yet to see the federal government step in and try and put a solution to this. The only thing they seem to be focused in on is this January 6th investigation, which seems to be taking up so much of the Democrats' time and energy, and they act like we don't have any other problems going on in this country when that's just simply not true. They'd rather deflect and try and put the emphasis on um, President Trump and what happened on January 6th than what's been going on in their own administrations and the problems that America's had since Joe Biden uh, went into office. Yes, you know, I would dovetailing on that, Andrew, just say I think that January 6th takes their time because they want to fix it good. So Trump doesn't even think about running again. I think that, as you guys know, I believe that Trump's presidency was a, a real threat to the deep state, to the establishment, to the people, the permanent bureaucracy in Washington, whether you're talking about uh forces within the State Department, the diplomatic corps, you know, even our security agencies, CIA, FBI. I think, you know, we've seen the politicization of these agencies. And even if you don't believe that they are, uh, you know, consciously uh, conspiring or something, I think it's more a mindset of people who have been in these positions for decades. Uh, it's a permanent bureaucracy. It serves itself. You know, Emil Durkheim, who was a great sociologist, from what I recall, you know, his one of his theories was that bureaucracy takes on a life of its own and it serves itself. It gets bigger and bigger. And if people have cushy, comfortable jobs within it, and they can get their friends and associates and family members' jobs within it, there's a powerful incentive for them to see things a certain way and keep on seeing them a certain way and do things in ways that benefit themselves financially, ideologically, and not have to change. Let's face it, everybody, even regular people, don't like change. And so I think what we see here is we see a lot of Democrats going back to the past, to this January 6th incident. And I really think what's behind it is they don't want, as you said, Rob, attention on the current problems, current failures. They want to just whip up this continuous grievance toward Trump so that they don't have to be accountable. And they can make good and sure he doesn't come back because I think that he whatever else he did, he definitely rattled their cages. He shook up the permanent bureaucracy, the establishment. 
he may not have completely done away with it, but he made some changes, everything from progress in the Middle East to the lowest uh, African-American unemployment rate in, in U.S. history to uh, economic uh, progress in some of our cities. And, you know, let's face it, for these problems to be moving, for the needle to be moving, you know, on something like, you know, Black unemployment or the Middle East, that, that actually could mean fewer jobs and fewer permanent uh, appointments and um, you know, cushy situations for a lot of people in the federal bureaucracy of this country, in the diplomatic corps, in, you know, a lot of, a lot of jobs rest on the continuation of these kinds of macro level problems. So I think if you, you know, if you think about it in the broad sense, you have powerful incentives, you know, for a lot of people who are part of the permanent bureaucracy to just keep that bureaucracy alive. And I think that's what we're seeing. Um, so that's my analysis. Yeah, that's what we're seeing. But the thing that I just, I really, that bothers me. And again, I, we have a justice system and we all should be equal under that justice system. But what we see being played out and we can't deny it. The media can't deny it. We see it openly. What is happening is that Merrick Garland is getting back at the Republicans because he felt that he should have been on the Supreme Court. Joe Biden, get, when Joe Biden made him the head of the Department of Justice, the Attorney General, that was his way of saying, okay, I'm going to get back at my enemies, the people that he perceived as being his enemy. Now, granted, it was Harry Reid, a Democrat, who said we should not nominate a justice during a presidential season. Harry Reid said it, not the Republicans. The Republicans were just following through with what Harry Reid had said. So if he wants to get mad at someone, get mad at the late Harry Reid. But Merrick Garland is using this, using the Department of Justice as a weapon to go after the Republicans. Christopher Wray is doing the exact same thing, and no one is calling them out. It is plain as the day. Well, I take that back. I'm not saying that no one, because we're calling them out. But everyone else should be calling them out. And if Republicans, and when the Republicans take both houses in November, both medias will say, oh, well, we've got to move on because the American people, they don't have an appetite to go after this. They don't want to continue. What do you mean they don't want to, they don't have an appetite? For four years, we had to listen to Russia collusion. We're now having to listen to Jan 6, which is, in my humble opinion, and I know you guys might agree, you may not agree, it shouldn't have happened, but it was a college boy prank. Because if you look at that compared to what we went through during the spring and summer of 2020 and 2021, and Christopher Ray can't go after and charge anyone, when the country was on fire, they were burning down police stations, they were burning down federal and state buildings. And that was to about see justice, Rob. That was about justice. I'm being uh, ironic, you know. Right. So they say it was about justice. But right. then Jan and 6, what, what did they think they were doing? Had nothing to do with the, the abuse of George Floyd, which was terrible. Even though there were innocent people, how many billions of dollars in minority-owned businesses destroyed in Minneapolis? But that was about justice, you see. So Unbelievable. You know, the FBI can't concern itself with that, apparently. He can't concern himself, but he is, I mean, he is full throttle 
on Jan 6. He's full throttle on parents that object to this CRT learning. Schools are about to open again. What you bet, it will be the same kind of indoctrination. And the thing that's scary is that these people, they don't have to worry about. Merrick Garland, his, his kids are out of school. By the way, his son-in-law is one of the producers of CRT. They go around and produce videos for CRT. He was asked about it. And he said, oh, uh, I, I, can't, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And Republicans put the question out there, and no one else has said anything else about it. They've just dropped it. Why drop it? Where, where is the media? That is a reason why, ladies and gentlemen that are listening tonight, that when Andrew opens up, he tells you to share the podcast. Share it with whomever. Share it with as many people as possible. Because maybe it will get people to think it. Because these are questions that the media should be talking about. Now, Biden was able to kill this guy in Afghanistan. Okay, whoop de doo It should have already happened. I think it was just to deflect. But we talked about it for two days, and then we moved on. We're coming up on the anniversary of 9-11. We're coming up on the anniversary of 13 soldiers losing their lives. And the media will just dance right over it because it doesn't fit the narrative that they want because they want to talk about Jan 6. No one wants to talk about Liz Cheney's husband who works for Latham Watham, who has a vested interest in the things that are happening in China. No one wants to talk about that. They'll mention it and they'll just keep going because they're, oh, the American people, they, they want to look at, they're, they're concerned about their pocketbooks and food on the table. Yes, they're concerned about it. And you can talk about both things because all of it affects them. But no one wants to talk about it. Mm. So Republicans will just sit there come November, if they win, it's like, okay, now what are you going to do? It's just like the scenario of a dog chasing a car. Now, we don't know why the dog is chasing the car. We don't know what the dog would do once he caught the car. But just imagine if the car would have stopped and told the dog, get inside. The dog would probably look and go, and then go the other way. So is that what Republicans are going to do? When they get both houses, they're going to say, okay, now we got it. Now, uh, let's see. What's next? Let, let's, let's, let's move forward. Move forward with what? What's your agenda? What are you telling the American people you're going to do? Are you going to tell the American people you're going to make certain that Christopher Ray is held accountable? That Merrick Garland is held accountable? And when I say held accountable, it doesn't mean endless hearings that produce absolutely nothing. I mean, because there's, we don't need to have that. We need to have hearings whereby people are held accountable. The same way those individuals are in jail from Jan 6, and again, I will tell you, many of them didn't plead guilty because they were guilty. They pleaded guilty to stop the bloodshed. They plead guilty because they were running out of money to defend themselves. Know the difference. Understand it. It's really sad that in today's America, civics is barely taught in our schools, and I wonder why it's not taught anymore, Andrew. Yeah, very well said. And that was a very impressive uh, dog whining noise. I'm sure a lot of our listeners had to look at their uh, pu- <laughs> puppy in their room and make sure they were all right. Uh, that was uh, quite the impression. If you're looking for better sleep, focus, and energy, check out Healthy Cell. You really will feel better. It's the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health. 
Rob and I didn't. We're so happy we tried Healthy Cell. Healthy Cell vitamins work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Absorb a healthier lifestyle with Healthy Cell's pill-free vitamins. You can go to HealthyCell.com and check out the great products, read the reviews, and save 20% off with the code OUTLOUD. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew and Heather Robinson's gonna be talking about her latest article in the New York Post. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. I can tell you, one of the greatest pathophysiologic drivers for tiredness and fatigue during the day is poor quality sleep at night. People always focus on how long they slept, but they never think about the quality. And to improve the quality, there's a terrific product. That's the Healthy Cell REM Sleep Supplement. And what I tell friends and family and patients is take it every night consistently. Uh, it comes in a continue, like a, a convenient bioabsorbable gel pack. Uh, take it right before you go to bed. Take the gel pack, brush your teeth, go to bed. Its effects are nearly instantaneous and patients get a well-rested sleep continuously day after day, week after week, month after month. And then that daytime tiredness and fatigue melts away when there's a greater restful sleep the night before. So give it a try. Go to uh, HealthyCell.com and in the promotional code, type in out loud for 20% off your order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Surely if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. So you can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. And we're back with After Dark with Robin Andrew. And as we said, we have on tonight with us Heather Robinson, a journalist for the New York Post. 
Heather has come back to talk to us about an article that she recently wrote regarding the Kew Creek mine disaster survivors reunited 20 years after the miracle rescue. This took place in Pennsylvania and it involves some gentlemen who worked in a mine and they found themselves trapped. I think it was for 45 hours or maybe more. Now, I don't know about you, but just the very idea of being underground, I just thinking about it, it feels as if I'm, I'm, my breath is being taken away. But this actually happened. And over the past decade, we've read many stories or heard about stories of people who were trapped underground, unfortunately, no fault of their own, but something happened. They either worked there, but they, they survived. So this happened 20 years ago. Heather did a story. She was able to go and get in contact with most of the people that were involved in this horrific incident 20 years ago. She was able to talk to them just to get their take, how they feel and what's happening. I think all of them are living with the exception of one gentleman. Heather, thank you for coming on and sharing with us this story 20 years later. Yes. What, mm-hmm. what made you decide to go back and uh, write about this? Well, I, I had heard from some people in Johnstown, PA, um, where I'm spending time lately, that um, the anniversary uh, was coming up of 20 years since these men's entrapment and rescue. Uh, I had been to the Flight 93 Memorial recently, which is in Somerset, PA, which is very close to this Q Creek mine, and remembered the days following September 11th the terrible attacks on our country and also the heroism of Americans who tried to take back flight 93 from the hijackers. And sadly the plane wound up crashing anyway, but they did prevent the hijackers from hitting whatever their intended target was. And it was, anyway, it was, it was near this Q Creek mine. And in the weeks following um, 9-11, when the country was so shell-shocked and depressed, the Q Creek mine disaster happened. And it was a smaller story. Of course, this was uh, nine men trapped uh, hundreds of feet underground, but it was a story of great cooperation on the part of local authorities and uh, national authorities coming in to um, just to, to tirelessly work to try to rescue these men. It was a story of community and faith and family pulling together, um, using every ounce of skill and and blood, sweat, tears, and prayer to rescue these men. And it was a success. And uh, you may remember that, that it reverberated around the country 20 years ago. It got a lot of, of airtime and, and attention. And I think the country really needed um, the lift. And one of the miners said to me, Boogie Pugh, his name's Robert, nicknamed Boogie Pugh, who really, I think, was the voice of the piece. He told me that he met George W. Bush in the aftermath and Bush whispered to him, you know, the country needed this. So, uh, you know, I heard the anniversary was coming up and I spoke to my editor at the at the post and she felt that, you know, if we could get all 10 men together, that we really had a story. And so um, that's how this story came about. Wow. Now, you mentioned the miner, Robert Pugh. I was reading in the article, he said that he was amongst the last miners to be rescued from the shaft. And he said that they survived through their faith in each other and in God. 
Yes. It was nine of us. Pew told the post. And God was the 10th man. Now, that's powerful because yes. I know that whenever I'm in a crisis, mm-hmm. I would like to think to, to focus on God, my Savior, for deliverance, that he's going to help me. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the middle of it, sometimes you're just like, I, I can't focus on anything other than my predicament. And if it doesn't turn out the way I want it to, what happened? But he mm-hmm. said that they focus on their faith and each other and in God. Having mm-hmm. to rely on someone else to get you through, you know, to encourage you, because I'm sure that many of them were like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Did they tell you that they share the experience of thoughts that were going through their minds, Heather? They did, Rob. And, you know, they said that there was a lot of praying, although another of them whose name was uh, nickname is Hound Dog. His name is Ron Heilman. Uh, He said a lot of us were in our own thoughts. There was a lot of prayer. The first several hours they were gasping for breath because they had very little oxygen um, and they were vomiting. Um, so, you know, that was a horrible, harrowing time. And as Boogie told me, you know, we thought we were done for, but then the rescuers managed to pipe down a, a shaft with oxygen so they could breathe then, but their ordeal was far from over because after that, the bit, the pocket they were in started filling with water. So then for the next three days, the fear became drowning, but they told me that they did pray very hard. Uh, They talked to each other, they buoyed each other and they um, had a kind of unity and solidarity and they calmed each other to save off the panic. So I think that, you know, all credit to the rescuers, but I think that if they had panicked, they, they would have probably died. So it was also a story of um, group consciousness in a good way, supporting each other, finding uh, um, a comfort in one another, um, just reassuring each other that, you know, at one point um, one of them was panicking and, and Robert Pugh Boogie told me that they said to him, you know what, worst case, we will just die together you know, calm down because, you know, that's all we can do, you know, is pray. Were they in constant contact with uh, people from up above when this whole situation um, happened? Like, did they know that help was on the way or were they ever uh, doubtful that they would even be able to get help down to them? Hey, Andrew, well, in answer to your question, initially they did not know, you know, the first, I think it was uh, several hours. um, I'm trying to find the number of hours. I think it was like the first eight or nine hours, you know, eight hours, they vomited and gasped for breath. There was no indication that, you know, any help was on the way, but at 2.50 AM. So, so they, you know, they, they um, hit water, the disaster first struck at 9 PM. So they didn't have any indication that they were going to be rescued until 2.50 AM that morning. So it was, what is that? Like, um, five and a half or six hours in, they heard drilling. And so as, as Boogie said, we had nothing else but to sit there and pray and hope for the best. We were praying hard. So for like another three days after that, they did know that rescuers were trying to help them. And at one point, um, uh, you know, at about 5, 10 a.m., several hours after they heard the drilling begin, 
the air pipe got through and they were overjoyed and they were able to bang on the air pipe. That was, that was the only communication they could have because the water had knocked out the phone line. So they were, they banged on it nine times to signal that all nine were alive. And then I'm reading, you said that Ron Hillman said prayer was a constant for the trapped miners during their time underground. There was a lot of silence too. Everyone in his own thoughts. Now, that would have been terrifying for me, being alone in my own thoughts underground so many feet, not knowing what's going to happen. And as you said, Boogie said, you know, if worst case scenario, we'll all die together. I mm -hmm. mean, here you are at this moment facing what could be the inevitability that we might not get out. But you said they had their faith. Faith is a very powerful thing. And those of you who don't have it are listeners, I would say, get it. I mean, I don't have the strongest faith, as I mentioned, when I'm going through a crisis. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'm getting better every day, every year as I live here on planet Earth. But it sustains you. Mm -hmm. It's hard and, faith sometimes. It's hard. Yeah, when everything is going against you and things don't seem as if though they're not working out the way you want them to, it's like you want to give up. But what else was there for them other than death? So they held on to that, that hope and that faith. And I read somewhere, one of the uh, gentlemen said that he had like two kids and that the wife wouldn't tell the children the severity of what was happening. So imagine her having to keep a, like a poker face and a straight face with that. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. don't know how, I don't, wow. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. That's Leslie Mayhew, who mm -hmm. was um, the wife and the daughter of two of the men down there. That was another aspect, dramatic aspect of the story. Um, the youngest miner who was trapped was Blaine Mayhew, who at the time was 31. He's 51 today. And I, I believe the oldest miner was his uh, father-in-law, Tom Foy who's 72 today. So I guess he was 52 then. And Leslie, the wife and daughter of these men had two children who she was in this fire hall as all the families were trying to comfort. And she said that the pastors and the doctors and counselors were saying to her, you have to keep positive. She didn't know what would be, and she kept praying, and she kept thinking, I can't lose my dad and my husband in the same day. So she sent the kids to her mother's. She didn't mm. want them there if the news was bad. Right. So most of the, the families were waiting in the fire hall. They were praying hard, and the whole you know country was really praying for these men. I, those of us who followed the story, I remember that. So it is a powerful testament if you believe in the power of prayer. To be honest, I don't always know what I believe about that. I've prayed for a lot of things, and some were answered, some were not. Some very deserving people I prayed for, that prayer was not answered in this world. But I think it's worth considering that this was a huge monumental effort of action and, you know, technology, engineering, muscle, and prayer. And in this case, the prayer was answered. In this right. And I was reading another of one of the survivors, John Unger, said that the man talked about their family and friends and what we would do if we got out. Now, that's 
that's something to think about because when you're in the middle of something, you want to think about, okay, I'm going to do this. I mean, and I, sometimes that's the hope that you hold on to that. I'm going to do this. It's not my time yet. And I'm going to do this when I get out, but you're so many, they were so many feet underground and to be able to reconcile that and to, I guess, try to encourage each other. Did any of them say that there was doubt, although they were trying to encourage the other person, you know, how were they able, like, I guess it was the faith. They each, they each, each of them had individual, their faith that they relied upon to sustain them. Well, I mean, I know that it wasn't all smooth. As I mentioned, Boogie mentioned someone did panic and they calmed him down by saying, he kept saying, I'm leaving, I'm, I'm getting out of here. And he started rushing toward what he thought was an exit, but they knew that anybody who left this little capsule, basically they were in this little bubble was going to die. So if they had started, you know, jumping out of it and trying to swim, you know, they would have died. So they knew that. So they said to him, look, we are going to pray. Worst case, we're all going to die. You know, you're not alone. We'll go together. We'll die together. So calm down because, you know, that's all you can do. And apparently that worked. So I get the sense that it was the feelings of solidarity also that they had that mm. helped them to avoid panic. Yeah. And you, if you go to Heather's article, you can actually see pictures of the uh, cages they sent down to rescue these guys in. And um, it's a good thing none of these guys were really overweight because these cages were not very big that they yeah. had to uh, send down there. Did they say anything about what the rescue process was like? They did, Andrew. It was actually one capsule that they were able, a narrow capsule to send down. So there was only one cage, as you put it, and they had to go one by one. So they decided together who would go first, which is one of the most remarkable aspects of the story, that there was no fighting, no difficulty. Their boss, Randy Fogel, was having chest pains. They thought he might be having a heart attack. So they all agreed he should go first. Then they decided younger men and men who had younger children should go first. And the last two guys who were in there, one of them was Robert Pugh, Boogie. The other one's nickname is Mo, um, and his name is uh, Mark Poppernack. He actually didn't want to speak to me for the article, the last man out. Um, but Boogie said that he said, Mo, you go, you know, um, your kids are younger. And that Mo said to him, no, you go. And Boogie said, no, you have younger children. I want you to be with your kids. Go. And, and Mo said, no, you go. So Boogie's a funny guy. He said, I finally said, all right, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Mo was so selfless that he, he wanted everyone else to go first. And, and I wanted to talk to him, but he, he you know, he seemed very uh, modest. He didn't care to speak, you know, on the record. So, you know, I didn't get to ask him about that. Yeah, we're really happy you did this story. There's so often this happens where uh, situations like this happen and we hear about it on the news while it's going on. Then we hear about them being rescued, but then we never hear anything about these people. And it happens so often to these blue collar, hardworking Americans. And that's exactly what these guys were. They found themselves in a very dangerous uh captivating for some situation to watch unfold. And luckily they came out um, safe on the other side. Thank you so much for doing this article. Uh, where could people go to uh, find this article and all of your other work besides the uh, New York Post, obviously? 
Sure, guys. Well, my website is heatherrobinson.net. So I have my work archived there, and I would love it if anyone wants to visit that. And on Twitter, I'm at capital H, capital E, underscore Robinson. So uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can see that and other thoughts. Wow, Heather, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us once again. We always appreciate you coming on. Um, I always call you guest Heather Robinson. I guess it's just instinct at this time, but you've become a regular part of the show and we're we're very happy about that. We'd love to have your insight and uh, hear about these great stories that you're writing about in the New York Post. Thank you all for joining us on After Dark with Rob and Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you stream. Please like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or go to AmericaOutloud.com. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or you will fall for nothing. 